This podcast is brought to you by Civic Tech Innovation Network in partnership with Voice of Vids. Welcome everybody to the third season of the Civic Tech in Africa podcast. We have been on a four month long break and we are finally back. So happy that you've joined us again for another uh, installment of this podcast. Uh, so the beginning of our previous season coincided with the launch of the Civic Tech Innovation Forum. We featured a lot of speakers and exhibitionists who were there and our theme was DIY Africa. We looked at innovators uh, and civic actors and activists who are doing it themselves, right? And in talking to these innovators, a central theme stood out for me. Um, and the theme was around simplicity, right? The, the, point, uh, the point that most of the innovators were, were driving home was that it was important to use technology that users were already familiar with in order to have a level of impact that was meaningful. This is an important factor when you consider who the target audience of these uh, civic uh, tech tools are. Some of the users have some of these users ha- have very little access to digital tools, and some have the most basic uh, tech tools at their disposal. So complex tools may be quite a lot to deal with and, and may repel potential users. Um, sometime this year, I came across a well-written short article by by Al Kegs, who is my guest today. Um, that was aligning what, what he calls barriers to citizen engagement. Uh, in the article, he's talking about three key points that civic tech innovators need to think about when developing their groundbreaking tools. He notes that innovators have been creating mobile apps to promote good governance and citizen part- participation for a while now, but those apps largely go unused. And here's some good reasons we need to, uh, to, to listen to and, and hear about today. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to have a chat with Alcags uh, about some of these uh, reasons and perhaps find a, a roadmap towards creating impactful DIY civic tech tools. So like I said before, Alcags is my guest today. Um, Alcags is a marketing and communications expert, serial entrepreneur, and a champion of government openness through data. Al uh, is the founder of the Open Institute, an African organization that works with governments and civil society organizations to promote open government and citizen engagement. Welcome, Al. How are you doing? I am doing extremely well. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. So like I said, I, I, you know, want to talk about this article because I think it, was, it, it spoke um, to the, some, some of the themes that we, 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 we kind of went through uh, last, last, last season in the podcast. I think one of the, the like, central themes for me was around simplicity. Am I right in yes. thinking that a key element to impactful citizen engagement is simplicity? So I, I, so I hesitate to say that. Yeah. Um, that simplicity is is the is a goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because sometimes simplicity isn't possible in tech. Right. But um, more than simplicity, I think is is uh, the human awareness. Right. So you build an article, you you build an app, however simple it is. If I don't have awareness, I I can't use it. Mm. Um, think about the first time you had to use a mobile phone, or you had to show your mom how to use a mobile phone, or mm. somebody who's older, and you realize that even the feature phones, as simple as they are. Um, it may have taken, uh, you know, an older person a few minutes to sort of understand the way around texting, for example. Mm. Um, understanding the way around um, on a feature phone, you need to, if you want to get to L, you have to uh, press five, four times. Um, that sort of thing. 
Mm. Um, and that dexterity gets better over time. So I don't know that the goal is simplicity. I think that the goal is getting people to understand. And in my article, what I was trying to say is that a lot of us are building apps. We're mm. building tools. Um, and we are taking the approach that if we build it, they will come mm. um, or they will figure out how to use it. So you build a really, I've seen very useful tools that are built by many civic tech guys who go and say, well, we can build a, a tool that enables us to complain to government that there's a pothole in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, on the face of it, um, and a lot of them are very simple. You literally say complain, it gives you a box. Um, that box you type in, I have a portal in my place. Mm. Um, it tells you upload a photo of the portal, you upload the photo and you hit send. That's really simple. How much simpler can that get? Yeah, yeah. But even then, those tools are not used. So you ask yourself, why are they not used? And the reason that they're not used is, is, um, is a, an aspect, is a factor of population. Kenya has a population of 50 million people. Right. About 30% live in urban areas. Majority of the people in Kenya live in rural areas. I think that is true for many um, African countries. Mm. Now, when you have majority of the people living in rural areas, um, a barrier for them to use that tool is connectivity. Mm. Another barrier in most parts of Africa is that People do not have the literacy and what we call functional literacy is that, yes. yeah, I know how to read and write, but functional literacy goes beyond reading and writing and counting. Functional literacy is this. I know how to read and write. I know what money is and how to manage money, how to save, how to invest it. I know how to, um, I know how which government office does what and how I can get help, or at least I know who to ask that question. Right. Um, I know um, in general um, how government works generally, um, and what the difference is between uh, my legislative representative and the um, government official responsible for administration. Right. Um, you know that sort of thing. Those nuance, that basic information. Uh, number three, I have some digital awareness. I know how to use a phone. I know how to uh, use an app and that sort of thing. Um, and um, number four is that I have life skills. Mm. I know how to communicate. I can go into a government office and say, hi, um, I, my name is Al and I need help. Right. Because don't forget that even just the ability to go to an office, to a government office, or to any office to walk into a bank requires a certain level of confidence. Yes. Um, now, the truth of the matter is that in, in Africa and in many parts of the world, but certainly in Africa, there are many people who dare not walk into a bank. They have never walked into a bank. They don't know what the procedure is to walk into a bank. And there's usually a security person at the entrance of the bank. And that is enough of a barrier to entry. Right. There's enough people in Africa who have not walked into a supermarket who would not know how a supermarket works. There are people on this continent. And the, the thing that we in the tech world sort of fail to pay attention to is that these people are very many. Mm. And that they are, in fact, quite possibly the majority of us. 
and and you also spoke about i mean I, and 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 you you touch on 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 the issue of confidence as well in the article as a second factor that may be because you you just stated that a factor the first factor is is functional literacy right that that is yes. an important thing so you also state that exposure is an is an important factor to look at so you shared yes. some anecdotes there about your experience in rural kenya of people yes. who don't have water in their household and so don't know that this is a thing a right that they they deserve right yeah. um that there's a thing that they deserve to have in their house as a right a- and so i mean just tell me some of the anecdotes that you 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 encountered in you know in your during your experience in rural kenya so i i still live in rural kenya i live in a small town um that is that is called malindi north of mombasa yeah um and one hour from my house uh villages that I spend a little bit of my time in. And I have met people there. I met Kazungu, who is 50 years old, who has never been to Malindi town, one hour away from his house. Mm. And I want you to know that Malindi town is not a big town. It's a small town. Um, and it is it would be the, the main administrative town for Kazungu. But he has never been to Malindi town because the only reason that he can think of to go to Malindi town is if he was going for a job or if he was going for a hospital or something like that. Mm. And he hasn't any of those. He stays in the farm and he's literally just never been. He's married. He's married to um, a wife who is about 35 years old, never been to Malindi town, never needed to. Um, Their first child is, I think, 24 or thereabouts, never been to town. Never, they have in where they have seen water running is at the local boho. They've never had water running, they've never had a shower. Hmm. So, you tell this person that they have a right to a shower. So, they they might, don't that might confuse them. Like, I mean, I'm, I've been fine this whole time. I've just never seen it. So, and I and I've always been uh, clean, I'm not dirty. Yeah, I wash myself with a basin. I have never seen a shower. I don't know how it operates. Mm. I have not been to a supermarket. I have not been to a busy town or a busy city. Right. I have not. So the amenities that those of us who are in the city, those of us who have a Western civilization, who have access to uh, podcasts, who have um, the ability to you know, we, we, we've seen TV and therefore at, le- at the very least we've seen elevators and we've seen mm-hmm. all of these things. Mm-hmm. We have not, you know, even if you've never flown, you've seen on TV how a, an airplane is inside. Right. You know, those sort of things. Um, if I'm in uh, this rural place and I've never seen it, I have no concept of what I might demand for myself. Right. You so say, you, you this, say in the article, so this, goes, yeah. this actually goes to the heart of being able to engage with government. For me to engage with government, I, yes. need, to, I need three things. I need knowledge, yeah. that what government does and who to talk to. Yeah. Number two, I need confidence. And confidence comes out of knowledge and exposure. Yeah. And exposure is that I have gone to other places and I've seen what they are doing. And I've come back to my government representative and I said, why, do I, why don't we have the same thing those guys have? Mm. isn't it and then number three is confidence and confidence comes from the fact that i know um the fact that i have the 
etiquette I have, and, and I use etiquette here not as manners, but as the ability to engage. Right. Um, and so without those three things that give me confidence, then I can't demand anything. And, and you say this very nicely. I mean, so, so there's something you say here about, um, so I, just as a way forward, you say, you yeah. know, so, I mean, you said here, I just want to, and you said very nicely here that the net um, effect of functional literacy and exposure is a high self-esteem, which results in the confidence of the citizens in approaching the government with their proposals for development, yes. laying down their pr- priorities. And that sums yes. up the, the those three key factors we're talking about, right? As yes. important things. But then you go yes. on to talk about what we do need to, to do going forward. And this is something yes. you say we need to invest in soft issues, right? Yeah. And we're talking about uh, investing our energy in civic literacy and participation. Um, yes. I just want you to speak a little bit further, uh, a little bit about this, about how how far do we go in 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 in, in investing in the soft issues? How many? What what are, what are some of these things that we need to invest in? So when when private sector companies build things, so when you think about your local mobile um, company, um, MTN or Safaricom or any of these companies, when they when they build things, what they do is that they spend an enormous amount of of money. Um, marketing those things to us they they tell us that this is how this will change our lives and they make sure that we we are adequately excited to want to even test um the usage of this thing and some of the things they tell us to do are not simple especially if you think about the question the ussd and how even for me who has been in tech for a long time ussd is somehow has never been um, completely intuitive. It's something that I'm, I do very slowly. Right. Um, but they make us excited enough about whatever service it is that they ha- they're telling us to use that we then use it. And we then ask somebody to come and help us to use it. But when we think about people in the nonprofit sector, we don't do any marketing because of the fact that we, we, we feel that the marketing is not a thing for, for us. Right. But the truth of the matter is that we do have to do marketing and we do have to do serious awareness and we do have to put the budgets behind it. Most um, telcos will put 30% of their budgets on marketing. Right. Um, most nonprofits put less than 5% of their budgets on marketing. And when they do marketing, they do a, a brochure or a, or a booklet that is written in this language that we speak. And you realize this language that we speak is not necessarily English or, mm. or you know, it, it tends to be very dense language. All right. Yeah. If you look, at, I, I invite anyone in the civic tech world to spend some time just looking at how the telcos communicate um, a new product. Um, just look at how they sell it, look at how they, they, they communicate it, and then see how they break down something that is extremely complex um, and how much of an impact it has in getting people to use it. That's the same thing we have to do. Right. We have to engage marketing agencies um, who know how to communicate to the public. Yes. We have to pay them well. And then we have to make sure that we put budgets for marketing behind it. And here I'm talking about, I'm talking to both us in the civic tech, but I'm also talking to our donors and the ones who support us. Mm. Because the ones who support us, they're supporting us so that something happens, something changes. 
And what what do you think the role of of uh, community based organisations is in 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 educating people about about these things? I, I hear the the, the, the marketing aspect of it. Um, are, do, do do community based organisations have a part to play in educating people about 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 tech tools? One of the analogies that I have been asking people lately, which is a little controversial, yeah, is this. Um, so if 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 you had a if you had body order, and I needed to tell you that you have body order, or if somebody needed to tell you nothing, you have body order. Mm. Who would be the person who would be likely to tell you? Perhaps your family? No. <laughs> yeah, it would be a very, very close friend of yours. Yeah, but, uh, you would generally not listen to a stranger who tells you that because yeah. you might think that they're being um, abusive or derogatory or something. Yeah, yeah. Who's close to you is a person who can tell you something that is intimate that they need you to change about yourself. Am I right? Yeah. In the same, it is. Uh, it is not feasible for a Ford Foundation to come from um, the United States or an Open Institute to come from Nairobi to come all the way to South Africa into Sisipi and tell somebody that they have body order. Right. That they need to change their ways, that they need to change their behaviors, that they need to use this technology, that they, they need to become more proactive in engaging with government and so on and so forth. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Because of the fact that you haven't built that level of trust and that level of trust is built over years. Mm-hmm. But a community-based organization will be staffed, will be owned, will be organized by the people from that community, which means they have the trust, they have the, the people know them, they've been interacting with them, they know that, uh, and they even know the nuances of the community. So I mean, I think I would be right to say that it's it's not enough to say I have an app, right, and put it out there as as a developer yeah. of an app. It's important yes. to do the groundwork and go to the ground, you know, to to community based organizations and and engage with these people that you, your target audience, I suppose. It's 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 a lot more than just putting it out there, right? There's a lot more groundwork. There's a lot more, um, uh, you know, greeting to be done, like you said. Um, so there's again, there's a whole balance between online activity and offline activities that make a, 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 a an app or a tool a successful and impactful um, app uh, at the end. You know, one of the uh, there are two things I want to say. One is that the bar- one of the other barriers um, to usage of apps is language. Right. Most of us build our apps in English. Yes. In Africa, we don't speak English. Right. In fact, even when we speak English, it isn't really English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's not, it's not, um, it's not proper English. Yeah. But apps are written in proper English. Yeah. So if, if I'm doing an app in Nigeria and I'm not, and I'm not using the local way that they speak, mm. I'm doing an app in Nairobi and I'm not writing in, local in the way that even the way in Kenya we say me I which is a repetition we say me I like you yes which in English we don't yes if we don't take those nuances into consideration when we are writing uh, the language of our apps then you find that there's still a gap right I see that, I see that. now that talks yeah. to that the idea that if you don't understand your target audience in the first place 
Yes. Right? You can't build for them and expect that the, the app will, will do something meaningful in their lives. Here's what's worse. When we build those, when you do those little videos that explain how to use the apps, we yeah. do those videos. Again, are we doing this for an American audience or for, mm. uh, for an So that's number one that we need to think about. Right. The second thing that um, I think is, is really important for us to think about is this. At the time that you're building this app and you're hoping that um, people get to use it, I've been making uh, an, I've been advocating among civic tech people that they should leave the cities. They should leave the comforts of the, of the, you know, one, I don't know if it's true in South Africa, but uh, the truth in, is that in, in Kenya, majority of the people who build um, the really cool apps and stuff like that live in Nairobi. Yeah. Um, and not only do they live in Nairobi, but they live in a specific area of Nairobi. They right. live in upmarket. In the city, uh, right. No, the upmarket areas of the city, mm-hmm. uh, the safer areas of the city, the, right. the places where it's tarmacked everywhere, there are no there are no potholes everywhere. In fact, there are areas of Nairobi where you'd think you live in Europe. That's where majority of developers are. Mm. And one of the things that I would be saying is that they need to leave those neighborhoods and they need to go into the rural areas and they need to develop while in the rural areas. Mm, mm, mm. I'm saying that they need to leave the comfort of um, their Kilimanis and their, their nice neighborhoods and they go all the way um, to a rural area so long mm. as it has a connection. And they should spend three, four, five months living there and observing how people operate there. Because as they do, it changes you. It helps you to understand how people, what are the barriers to people? Get out of your comfort zone is what, is what LKX is saying. Get out of the comfort zone and, you know, go see the reality um, and, and understand who you're building for and, yes. and you know, what language they, they understand um, and engage with those civic, uh, I mean, those community-based organizations to understand them better. Uh, I think that's the message that we, we've put out here today. Um, in any case, I, I want to plug quickly the, the Open Institute and what you're doing there. And tell me a little bit about that uh, and your work um, thus far. So the Open Institute is an African organization. Um, and what we do is that we focus on transparency, uh, participation, and accountability as our main issues. Right. After- our work focuses on two things. Um, on the one hand, we um, work to promote um, proactive transparency among governments. So we are encouraging governments to be um, proactively transparent to citizens. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, we are working with citizens and promoting for them to be active citizens, uh, which means that we are encouraging them as much as possible to spend um, their energy, their time, and their resources speaking to government and telling them this is how we want um, our things done. Right. Um, so that then have, um, you know, um, a, an improved um, sort of lifestyle um, for, for everybody. Right, right. Okay, so you just check out the description uh, below uh, in, in this episode, rather, um, and see um, all the details about. So we're going to put out their website. Um, we're going to put out their, their social media details on there. Um, you're going to check out the work that they do. Um, at the Open Institute. 
That concludes this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast and please see the episode description for all the places you can follow and engage with the Civic Tech Innovation Network. Until next time, goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Civic Tech Innovation Network in partnership with Voice of Vids.